Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hey, Joseph, pretty good. Um, boy, about this whole, you know, top five, top 10, best of 79 thing. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this is, it's stressing me out, man. I am, I'm pretty much there. I, <laughs> the funny thing is, there are two albums in the number, in my number four and five slots that keep flipping. <laughs> Every oh. time I listen to my rundown, I flip it back and forth. But otherwise, I think I've got it kind of nailed down, yeah. which is a relief because it, it has, it, this was a really, really tough one, but I think I got it. I still got a couple of weeks before I have to absolutely finalize it. But yeah, I think I'm there, man. Well, mine is set and it's set mm -hmm. in stone. And the part that's killing me is the fact that I keep wanting to change my mind. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with it, though. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Mm -hmm. I think this is the right choice. We always like to kick things off with the song, so let's do that. Uh, you have no idea what song we're about to listen to or why, uh, but let's listen to a song off of the Boomtown Rats 1979 album, uh, The Fine Art of Surfacing. This is a song called Keep It Up. With a two-pound coat, you really think she's broke to mystery. She's acting like some character from Magatha. I got a pain in my shoes and all I want to do is dance Uh oh, I can remember those carefully sharp and dive balls Sparking like bloodshot diamonds in the snowfall She always says she thinks she knows where things are roughly out Well, maybe she does, but then she says Does it feel nice? Does it feel right? Does it feel alright? Does it feel good? Quite Well, I'm a fan of the Boomtown Rats, and uh, my wife is actually a fan of the Boomtown Rats, too. She um, Years ago, when I was doing Music World Radio, she would request a tune from the Boomtown Rats. And so anytime I get to hear them, I'm kind of, I'm kind of stoked about that. Well, um, this is uh, not a, a random choice on my part. The reason why uh, I picked this song... Uh, is because it's a song off of the album, um, The Fine Art of Surfacing. So we are recording this episode the night before the police episode gets released, which is when we officially um, open up for list submissions for Best Of from mm -hmm. our listeners. But in preparation, you went, a couple of days ago and posted the Facebook post about, yeah. about soliciting, uh, <clears throat> soliciting everybody's lists and, and listed all of the albums that we have <laughs> identified as, as being, you know, potential contenders. And so we actually got our first submission, Ooh. which I'm very excited about. It yeah. is, I think it's from the same listener who was the first one to submit his list last year. So we're, we've got like a little yearly tradition going on here. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. um, and you know how last episode we spent just talking about all of the, the albums and we picked 
30 that we thought were the most probable to show up on people's lists. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this list that was submitted to us, um, of the top five, only one of them was one of those 30. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, I think yeah. that's really cool. No, no, it is really cool. It's a very interesting list. Um, and I think that we just file this um, in the, uh, you know, what the fuck do we know file yes. uh, and, and move on. <laughs> so his number one album of 1979 was the Boomtown Rats. Oh, right on. Fine Art of, of Surfacing. Right on. Um, and four, four of his top five, not ones that we identified. So, you know, I don't know if you mentioned this, but music, it's pretty subjective. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we have a guest to join us. Yeah, we do. And you know what's pretty crazy is this first second there, I almost forgot. And uh... <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> hey, so, so, so speaking of yearly traditions, um, last year for this episode, this sort of cheat sheet episode, mm -hmm. we had on a guest who read, uh, who gave us his list of favorite albums of 1978 and that guest was somebody that was a friend of both you and i but yeah. you saw a lot more than i did yeah and yeah. this year is exactly the same this is this is very true my good friend rowan is joining us and i would say that you see rowan probably at least two or three times more often than I do, right? The, yeah, this is true. So <laughs> let me explain who Roan. Roan is a longtime friend of Joseph's. Um, in fact, they used to live together back in the day. They were roommates. Um, <laughs> uh, currently, Roan and I are roommates because, well, she is she is my, my wife, my spouse. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so, so to be clear, the three of us were housemates for yes. about a year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least. And and, yeah. and good pals continuously. We still we're yes. still all really tight. <laughs> so yes. Rowan, I am officially welcoming you to the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. I don't know how it took this long to get you on. That's uh, <laughs> fine. I I think it I I think we were thinking that <clears throat> well Refresh my mind, Rob, but we, we had identified a band that Rowan is going to join us for uh, a deep dive episode. What band is that? I can't oh. remember. Oh, my God. I don't even recall now. I don't even know. We'll, we'll have <laughs> to go through the list. It's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, forgot to ask I, her. I, no. <laughs> I, I remember us having this conversation. There was a band that was identified, yeah. but it was a band that doesn't release an album for... Years. You know, yeah. Years. So it's a ways away. we're yeah. So we're not going to wait that long. So we right. thought, why not have Rowan on here on this episode? This is the perfect yeah. episode that will come back to us when we see that they are coming. Uh, we're going to go. Oh, that's who it was, and then we'll yeah. hit Rowan up again to join us as well. <laughs> Rowan, thank you for joining us. It is always a joy I, I don't think i've had a conversation with you in a couple of years at this point so how are you doing <laughs> i'm doing great <laughs> i'm doing great how are you good 
So, um, other than uh, being a friend of mine and a spouse of Rob's, um, you actually, your appearance here is pretty legit in the sense that you really do have a love of 70s and 80s punk and new wave. Mm -hmm. I know this for a fact. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your relationship with this kind of music? I'm not a, a discerning listener. I'm not an expert. I'm just a fan. And it's just really about, uh, you know, just the taking other people's records and listening to them. <laughs> and um, I'm not an expert. I was um, telling uh, Rob, you've heard him um, mention Night Tracks um, mm -hmm. a couple of times when I was a little kid. Uh, I would get up after bedtime, and um, and and go and watch it. And the, this 1979 um, release of albums has a lot of, uh, especially the new wave artists, um, who would show up as video artists later on. And that was my foray into that genre of music. Was really staying up to hopefully catch a Prince album, catch mm -hmm. a Prince video, um, but would see. Um, see the Cure, see Blondie, see Devo, see see the Police, see all these mix of artists with um, you just all jumble together mm -hmm. and just kind of develop a love for it in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember from uh, last year the list that you submitted. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel pretty comfortable saying that you are a big X-ray Specs fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Excellent. Well, um, I hear that you come prepared with your fa your list of favorite albums mm -hmm. for uh, 1979. So uh, we are going to um, uh, take a look at your list, hopefully inspire our listeners to submit their lists, the lists of their own. Uh, once again, the 16th is the deadline, so you only have a couple more days to, to get those in. So um, so let's just jump into your top five. Let's talk about each one of your top five albums and then play a cut. So starting at number five, what is your fifth favorite New Wave or Punk album of 1979? I chose Live at the Witch Trials by The Fall. Okay. <laughs> fun yep. yep yeah i really dug it yeah and um rob you we we all have uh, a love for this album right yeah absolutely um joseph and i Rowan, had talked about i think last episode or sometime had talked about uh you know the fall making probably a big splash on this you know on this list or on somebody's list and how there's one person that we know the fall is going to be um uh, you know a, a big a big band for uh, mm -hmm. and and that was that was uh, richard temple who we're pretty course, sure that his list is going to have the fall all over it so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah of course they uh they do release two albums in 1979 but I think we're all well. I shouldn't speak for for you, Rowan, because it could because Dragnet could be your number one. But um, probably, I'm guessing that all three of us are 
have a consensus as far as uh, the first one being a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah? Yeah, I, I gravitated to this one more. I definitely did. Yeah, yeah. So we, of course, have to, now, now that you brought it up, we have to listen to a song. Um, mm. what, what song do you think is a good representation of this album that we, mm. that we haven't already heard? I've chosen the song Frightened. Summer's always on my tracks. And in a dark room you'd see more than you think. I'm out of my place, gotta get back. That's a good choice, and I have to say that it's kind of surprising because the first song on an album doesn't—it often doesn't get chosen, or it, you know, it kind of gets breezed over pretty quickly, at least in my experience. Um, mm. and, and it's a really good song, so it's a, it was a good choice, Rowan. Thank you. So that is Rowan's uh, number five on yes. her list of 1979. Uh, before we uh, move on to the number four, let's take a little detour, Rob, and talk about Iggy Pop. Oh. Any any idea why I'm bringing Iggy Pop up? No, but I'm always ex- I'm always happy to hear some some news on Iggy Pop. What's going on with Iggy Pop? He just brought dropped a brand new album. Oh, nice! I didn't even know. Boy, so that's sad. I discovered this about. <laughs> 45 minutes ago uh-huh. and so i just sort of like um uh really quickly just listened to a couple of songs and then just a little snippets of all of the rest and it sounds really damn good oh. I, I i gotta tell you it's called every loser it came out early well um the first week in january uh-huh. and um I, of course, will go back and listen to it in its entirety a couple of times. But I think it has a potential of being one of my favorite Iggy Pop albums. It's just like everything that I heard sounded good. The The styles seem like they're kind of, it, it's like he's picking, he's writing a song like, ooh, let's write a song that sounds like it could go, be off of the idiot and then let's write a song that sounds like it could be off blah 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 um and so it's it's like he's kind of going in different iggy pop styles from different eras but everything that i've heard is pretty pretty good you'll be happy to hear that i 
as far as I could tell, there was nothing that was, um, you know, reflective of the, um, what was that heavy metal album? Instinct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he kind of skipped over that, but mm. um, it, it sounds really good. And I think that we should feature a song off of this album. Of course, I love the, the very early Iggy Pop stuff. Uh, so I picked a song that, that was a little bit more in that vein, a song called Neopunk. Holy shit, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Have you, have, you, have you ever heard me more excited talking about Iggy Pop? I've never heard you excited talking about Iggy Pop. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. I have, I have, so like I said, I got my, my list together. And, you know, of course, Iggy Pop's on my mind this whole time. Um, I'm listening to his music. I'm actually, I listened to a few of his albums recently. Mm, this mm -hmm. is kind of, it's reminiscent of old Iggy pop and yet mm -hmm. it still feels, it feels new in a way. Mm -hmm, I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing the entire album yeah. and, uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Iggy Pop, of course, is a contender. He's in the in the running uh, mm -hmm. for 1979. His his release that year was New Values, right? Yeah, absolutely. Off the top of my head, I think that's correct. That is. Um, so let's let's go uh, to Rowan's number four pick. Is it Iggy Pop's New Values? No, it is not. Oh. See how perfect would that have been? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so sorry to disappoint. So sorry to disappoint. Um, it is Dirk Wears White Socks by Adam and the Ants. Wow. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great choice. I just, <laughs> it is, is it it... so not Iggy Pop. <laughs> it is, it is, it is, <laughs> Not too long ago, we did a deep dive yes. on on uh, Adam Ant, and so I'm just curious: are you are you a big Adam Ant fan, or is it just this one album? Uh, I really, I enjoy Adam Ant. I and I always uh -huh. have, and it and he was one of my staying up late watching as a little kid. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. It remembered his it, it videos, and so it's just sort of again, sort of when I was revisiting albums and deciding I gravitated towards this album, I, it was darker than things I yeah. remember as a child. Um, 
and it was interesting. It's named for uh, an iconic British actor, um, Dirk Bogart, I think is how you say his name. And he was an intelligence officer in the military during World War II. And he went on to act. He went on to be a screenwriter and a memoirist. Super interesting dude, probably gay. Adam was is a huge fan of his, I guess. And um, he just, he was British. Yes, British actor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. died in 1999. Um, uh-huh. Never came out. Probably never felt safe to do so. Um, but uh, the, just the content of the album is odd. <laughs> it's. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's sort of musically odd. It's lyrically odd. Um, I just liked that about it. So, Rowan, what song do you want to hear off of this album? Your number four favorite album of 1979. Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Listening to that song, it's you know what it's a it's kind of a solid punk tune, and um, it's it's I don't know it's it's still there's there's like a mellow vibe to it, but there's something about it that that to me makes it feel really punk rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, once again, an album that we did didn't identify as one of the thirty most likely songs to make the list, so. <sighs> we do our best don't we rob yeah yeah we do well i mean putting that list out is really telling people these are probably the most obvious or the most likely um but it's it's really cool when people go outside the box and and yeah you know what that says what that tells me is that rowan's actually been listening to our show well you're welcome you're welcome Hey, so speaking of Adamant, um, I think this is the perfect segue. Um, uh, as Rob, as you remember, our, we, we made a new friend a couple of months ago when Carolyn Ketty uh, joined us to uh, yeah. talk about Adamant's catalog. Yeah, what a great, what a great episode. Yeah, yeah, and and a great guest, very knowledgeable. She's she's a DJ down in the Bay Area. She's had a uh, a punk show, a weekly punk show on um, a community radio station there for over thirty years. Yeah, and as every one of our episodes with guests go, uh, we had to cut out a ton of great material just for time so um let's listen to a couple of the conversations that we had with carolyn uh, that uh that we haven't heard yet so carolyn let's 
shift our focus to you and talk a little bit more about your radio show. Um, never heard any Adam Ant on your show. I've played him occasionally. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially after I go see him. Or yeah. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah, once, you know, I, I do focus a lot on like current new music, mm-hmm. but I like to throw in some old stuff. So, and my my observation is that the vast vast majority of the content that you feature is um, not major label stuff. Is that right. intentional, or is this just kind of where your is it like a an unofficial policy for you, or is that just sort of your taste and you don't really consider it one way or the other? Yeah, I think it's just the way I, or what I listen to. Mm-hmm. If I heard something on a major label that was good, I would play it, but the majority of stuff I like comes out on independent labels. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have a question for you, Carolyn. Sure. Um, uh, in regards to your show and what you play, so... Who is it right now that you really like that you that you play a lot of? Um, the band I'm a huge fan of uh, Australian bands. My favorite band right now from Australia is called Doctor Shore's Unusual Practice, mm. and nice. um, it's kind of a one man band. Writes a lot of kind of political songs. Um, put out a great record when Australia was having their huge fires, and um, yeah, cool. Very cool, dude. Well, speaking cool, of which, uh, Rob and I just discovered an Australian band. This is, of course, from the late 70s um, that we're very excited about, at least I'm very excited about, called The Reels. Are you, oh, yeah. Are you familiar yeah. with The Reels? No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. We, one of our one of our listeners just turned us on to them. They they released their eponymously titled debut album in November of 1979, which was the month that we just covered. Um and what a surprise. Um very like uh, um are you familiar with XTC's first couple of albums? Yes. Yeah. So kind of in that vein, um, but a little bit more poppy and a little bit more like bubbly, kind of not quite ska, but in that vein, like super high energy. Like you listen to it and you go, oh, this would have been a great band to see live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is it reels like R E E L S? Yes. Yeah. Or- yeah. Okay. The reels. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really really one of one of my favorite like discoveries as far as the band I had never heard before and just absolutely falling in love love with. Um, we both we both had the same reaction when yeah. when we you know when we researched it for the episode. It was just a big surprise to both of us. We we're like, whoa, we're, this came out of left field and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love. It seems like you know they're. People just dig up lots of great bands too. That there's so many still that are from then that mm-hmm. you know, or that I've never heard. I'm always yeah. surprised, and yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. So, tell everybody um, where they can go 
um, to check out um, the work that you do. Is there anything else you want to mention other than your radio slash podcast? <laughs> um, no, that's pretty much what I do for fun these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been in bands, and but I'm not doing any of that right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's my one my one creative outlet is the radio, which has been my number one love since I was a kid. Yeah. If I if I could have, you know, I I love community radio because I have the freedom to do whatever I want. I could never be on a commercial station. Yeah. So um, yeah. Because I like music too much to be on a commercial station. That's right. And <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But yes, community radio is the best. And yeah, I've been doing it in San Francisco for 32 years. I did it when I was in college for four years before that. So I've been doing it 36 years. So. Nice. Yeah. And you do a great job, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's great to hear. So would it be... Um, unfair to put you on the spot and ask you to list um a couple of your very favorite punk new wave bands from uh like 70s early 80s any uh, adam and the ants we know that um <laughs> it, it would would that be your number one just off the top of your head or are there other favorites as well no yeah there would definitely be i would say my favorite punk band of all time would be The Saints. And oh, that's, nice. an Australian, that's an Australian band, yes. so there you go. Yeah. Very good. Rob is Very a good. much bigger fan um, yeah. of The Saints than I am. Huge fan of The Saints. So, Very nice. So is your, is your favorite um, Saints album the first one, which is their most popular one, or do you like their... Yeah. Yeah? I like, I like, but I like all their albums, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But cool. of course, you know, that's a classic, so mm-hmm. okay, how could you not love it? Um, yeah, I mean, I like lots of the classic. I love the undertones, mm-hmm. um, Black Flag. You mentioned yeah, that earlier. Yeah. Love that. One of my all-time favorites. I love, um, a band you might not have heard of from Boston called La Peste. Yes. And, well, the only reason why we know them is because we, uh, we had a, a bonus episode last season where the guest was, um, a pretty successful photographer named Michael Gricko, who started out in the late 70s um, in college in Boston, shooting, um, you know, uh, uh, taking pictures of the local punk scene. And so he was he was very familiar with all of those bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bonus episode was on the Boston scene. And one of the um, bands that he featured, which uh, was the first time I had heard them, was La Peste. Ah, yeah. Very nice. One of the very first or very early punk singles I bought was their one, their only, their classic, Better Off Dead. Uh-huh. Nice. So there, yeah. And, and did, did you mention earlier that, that you lived in Boston at one point? Yeah, I, I grew up um, right outside of Boston in Quincy, Mass. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, from my birth until <laughs> I, I moved to California in 1990. Oh, so. yeah. 
Yeah, I think because Boston was a big college town, so there was a lot of, or it still is a college town, um, there was a lot of college radio stations, but the commercial stations there played a lot of local bands, too. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I just thought, you know, oh, yeah, this band is huge. They're played on the radio, you know, <laughs> and then it would be a band like La Peste that no one else had heard. Well, people now have, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, California has the version of that as well. A, a phrase I quite often use is California famous. So, you know, <laughs> like stuff like surf punks growing up, I just assumed that they were like international superstars. And it's like <laughs> nobody outside of California has heard of the surf punks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. Every, uh, yeah, I'm sure every town has, ha has that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on oklahoma we have a great a lot of great bands. yeah the surf punks are real big in schenectady you know <laughs> <laughs> and we're back wow what a cool episode that was i really enjoyed talking to her a lot um i i should say that that everybody can catch uh still catch her uh tuesdays at noon kxsf Radio, it's uh, or you can you can go kxsf.fm uh, for Carolyn Ketty's show. She has a lot of knowledge and she she plays some pretty some pretty killer stuff. Uh, we've both listened to her show and really like it. Yeah, I mean, and just the widest spectrum of punk from the early days in the seventies to contemporary stuff just being released. Um, a, a real real emphasis on more underground obscure stuff a lot of like garage punk um just just a lot of fun um for sure okay so um hey rowan mm -hmm. why don't we move on to your number three favorite album of uh, 1979 what do you have uh london calling by the clash well, um, this is an album that's going to show, we just assume it's going to be on everybody's list. <laughs> when, when, when I mentioned the, the first list that was submitted, we only got, the, we only got one of the albums, right? It was this 30? one. It was this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so of course we're going to listen to a song off of this album. The good news is you've got so many songs yes, to Yes, so to many choose. to choose from. <laughs> Yes, I'm gonna, I'll I'll make it. I'll pick one. Um, but the one I I've chosen so far uh, <laughs> is "Lost in a Supermarket." Excellent. I'm all lost in the supermarket. I can no longer shop happily. I came in here for a special outfit. I came in here for a 
Lost in a Supermarket is such a fun song. I, I kind of know how they're feeling right there. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, it brings up something that happened today to me. Uh, while I was working at the bookshop, talking to uh, a customer and a friend and a listener of the podcast, in fact, a friend of mine, Annette, who used to be really big into the punk scene in San Francisco about this era. Um, said that uh, The Clash came to San Francisco to play. And I don't recall what the venue was, but they played a Bill Graham show. And the punks when? were... Do you, when? Do you 1970, know when? Yeah, it was sometime in 1979. I don't know what month. Okay. All right. Um, mm -hmm. But the, uh, the punks were so pissed off, she said. She's telling me this story. The punks were so pissed off that they didn't go to the show. They boycotted. Why? Um, because it was a bill. It was a big corporate oh, bill grant. You know, they're like, I "Fuck see. that!" You know, so they were mad. And the Clash were like, "Wow, we're dissing our our people." So what they did was they had a second kind of secretive. Um, you know, they went to a small venue and put on like a little show. It was a cheap cover price, and at this, you know at a place where the punks would go and they held a second show in San Francisco. And so she was like, so all the locals, we got to go and see it. We got up close to them. We were, you know, and, and it was a really cool thing. It was kind of cool to hear that somebody as big as the clash can say, we still want to do something for our people, the people that, you know, you know, the locals here that, that love us and that we, we owe a lot to them. So, it was just really cool to hear that they, they did that special little venue for them. Cool. Let's get back to what are we at now? We're at number two for you, number two. Rowan? Okay. This is getting exciting. My number two pick is Fear of Music by Talking Heads. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is this is going to be on a lot of lists. Um, <sighs> I love this album so much. Mm-hmm. It's um this this is of course one of those albums that I think we talked about even when we talked to Pete uh I think he may have mentioned Fear Music and um but but it's it's an album that we've talked about a lot mm -hmm. just because it's it's the Talking Heads and it's such a great such a great album. I'm kind of the culprit there as well because I, I think it's pretty hard to have a conversation with me about the talking heads regardless of what they are without me bringing this album bringing up, up this album yeah <laughs> i got a yeah. got a bit of, of a one-track mind when it comes to this album and uh the talking heads for sure this album has my favorite talking head song on it which is heaven it's not the song i mm. picked Mm -hmm. But it's my favorite Talking Heads song. This is one of the very, very best new wave albums ever made, in my estimation. So, um, if Heaven isn't your pick, then what is, I wonder? Memories can't wait. Ah. Take a walk through the land of shadows. Take a walk through the peaceful meadows. There's a party in my mind. 
course, we've already mentioned that Rowan is my wife, but I do want everybody to know that we do not always agree on everything. We we often don't agree on, on music, although we do have a lot of tastes that are similar. As it turns out, um, we both like Talking Heads. We both like, you know, B-52s. We both like a whole lot of bands. Prince, for one. Uh-huh. And uh, Heaven also happens to be my favorite song from the Talking Heads, and it, it is on this album. So it was, I'm really stoked to hear that you picked this as your uh, as your number two album. And uh, you know, I agree with you, Joseph, that every song on it is is amazing. So you and Rowan don't agree on everything, unlike every other husband and wife yep. team in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you are obviously highly deficient and should not be together. This is this may be true. We're not supposed to mix like vinegar and water, but we do pretty well. <laughs> no, we we actually influence each other quite a bit too in mm-hmm. certain things like music and movies and you know stuff like that. But but at any rate, what a good choice, Rowan. Good job. That was that was fantastic. Um, I was talking earlier to Joseph uh, about some stuff you know i was i guess this reminds me of uh our conversation with tony in uh in the episode that that uh, we just did uh because as i said in the episode that we just did when i introduced him tony was the guy that would write down the the uh, you know top 40 hits every week and memorize them and and um i was just looking up to see what the what the billboard hits were for for 1979 and i was a bit blown away by all the songs that i saw that that i never even i I didn't even consider being songs from from 1979 i mean Mm -hmm. there of course we mentioned the knacks the number one hit was my sharona by the knack Mm -hmm. but um and i think we may have even mentioned les freak by chic Uh, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. but rod stewart had do you think i'm sexy I Will Survive was Gloria Gaynor's, uh, and the Village People had a couple of hits in that year, which was YMCA and uh, in the Navy. But I want to tell you, there's one that kind of surprised me and made me laugh out loud. Uh, the On the Billboard 100 for 1979, there was a disco hit called Making It, and it was by by a young actor named David Naughton. And uh, you guys might remember David Naughton. He was the the main guy in uh, American Werewolf in London, but he was also in that very popular Dr. Pepper commercial that was on TV. I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. Um, and I find this funny. So he actually sang "Making It," and it it was his only his only like musical release. It was the only song he he released, and it was because he was in a show called making it and this was the theme song um and when i learned this it reminded me of years ago when i was a kid Uh, my mom was we were in los angeles my mother was the uh, store manager of a big department store in la and all kinds of people would come in and she was actually friends with david naughton um and this was actually before making it uh, I think at the time he was probably just doing a lot of theater and, uh, you know, uh, worked worked a real job as or, uh, you know, 
a regular job as opposed to just being an actor all the time. But she and David Naughton were friends. So when I saw this, I kind of laughed out loud because I remember him as being the guy on the commercial at the time. And that was it. So, but yeah, the number 14 hit was David Naughton, and it was the only song he came out with. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Okay, here we go. I think I think we are ready for Rowan to reveal her top number one favorite new wave or punk album Ooh. of 1979. Can can you feel the anticipation? Oh I mean, my gosh. The, the hairs <laughs> are standing up. This is really big. <laughs> It's the B-52s. Yeah. With the B-52s. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I could have almost predicted that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, this episode wouldn't be a party. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Rob, I think that, that for both of us, uh, when we did our predictions at the beginning of the season for what was going to be in the top two slots, two mm -hmm. or three slots, mm -hmm. uh, Fear of Music and the B-52's debut album were somewhere at the very, very top of both of our predictions yeah. lists, right? This feels yeah. like a no-brainer. Um, it is... It's it's the album that almost single-handedly helped change the trajectory of new wave music to make it a lot more fun. Yeah, seriously. it is so fun. It is such a fun album. I I've heard them talk about how they would, you know, they would just play m music sort of improvisationally and 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 make up lyrics as they went. And the yeah. this album just the lyrics seem made up as you go along. I mean, Planet Claire and, yeah. <laughs> and this, the lyrics are unabashedly fanciful yeah. and they're childlike in, in the way they just sound made up. And yeah. I, I like that about the B-52s. Rob and I used to joke that you could not parody the B-52s because you would just sound like you were singing B-52 songs. <laughs> so, Rowan, we have been asking you to um, pick songs off of these albums that we haven't featured uh, yet. And for this B-52 album, I say good luck. Because <laughs> we've played almost every single song off of okay. this album. <laughs> All right. Uh, I pick Planet Claire. Good job! <laughs> it was <laughs> the one song we haven't played. It was almost like you were coached. <laughs> <laughs> she came from Planet Claire. I she came from there. She drove a Plymouth satellite. A faster than the speed of light. Planet Claire, of course, a humongous classic and a huge favorite song in our household. I think every road trip has this song playing on the uh, on the car stereo. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's what can I say about it, man? It's the B-52s, and it's amazing, and, and good pick, Rowan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. A great song off an absolutely classic album. Amazing. In yeah. Influential album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is Rowan's top five. Excellent top five, I must say. Congrats on, on your you. excellent tastes um, in everything always. Uh, you uh, actually have a bottom five, and we'd love to learn about that. But before we get to that, um, let's take a little detour. Um, as Rob mentioned earlier, uh, just a couple of episodes ago, we did our uh, deep dive on the police. And um, Tony, who is a, a long lifetime-long friend of Rob's, uh, joined us, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. As yeah. always, we, we had to cut a whole bunch out. Uh, so... <clears throat> I don't know, uh, probably for eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listeners, um, they may have noticed that uh, there was a bit of an anomaly in the police episode where we didn't do the police 101 section. And we did, but we did something a little bit different where um, Tony quizzed us with five trivia questions about the police and it was great it was so much fun went way over the time allotted so we had to we had to cut it out but let's listen to that now so i'm going to turn it over to you tony um and i don't think it's going to be very hard to stump rob or i with um a little police trivia. I've spent the last couple of months reading a couple different books about the police. While I was a big fan of their music, I don't get usually caught up in the, you know, the band dysfunction, mm -hmm. the personalities, the affairs, etc. So reading the book was pretty eye-opening for me. I had no idea uh, other than I knew they didn't get along that well. So what I thought I would be interesting for the audience is to put these questions together and uh, kind of challenge Rob and Joseph to see who knows their uh, police. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob, I anticipate you're going to do much better than, um. than I, because I, as you know, I like pride myself in, in, um, you know, consuming music in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you're a little bit more of a trivia uh, guy, I, so. I, I am, but I will tell you that the police are not my strong point. So okay. I love their All music, right. but let's, let's hear it. Yeah. And so these questions are, I'm trying to incorporate, you know, past punk bands you've talked about in addition to the police and how they've crossed paths. So this may actually not be as uh, foreign to both of you, but let's try the first question. Um, I don't have the dramatic music, but uh, <laughs> you can pipe that in. So uh, the first question is actually about Andy Summers. And um, one of their songs was born in the 50s. Sting was born in 1951. Stuart Copeland was born in 1952. Uh, and Andy Summers just celebrated his birthday last week. I'm going to give you three different artists. Two of them were born in the same year as Andy Summers. 
one of these three artists was not born in the same year. So can you name which artist was not born in the same year as Andy Summers? So the okay. three artists are... Well, let me, let me just clarify. Uh, were you... It sounded like you were implying that all three members of the police were born in different years. Is, is that... Am I assuming correctly? Correct. <laughs> so Sting... Um, is one that wrote the Born in the 50s song. That's, you know, I was referencing that because it's interesting that they wrote that song. So the three artists I'm looking at are one, Paul McCartney, two, Aretha Franklin, and three, Iggy Pop. So two of those were born in the same year as Andy, and one of them was not. You know which one was not born in the same year? Um... Oh, boy. So we have Paul McCartney, Aretha Franklin, and Iggy Pop. You know what? I am going to say Iggy Pop. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney and Aretha Franklin were both, both born in 1942, same year as Andy Summers. Yeah, Iggy Pop was born in 47. That's correct. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and Andy just turned 80 last ah. week. Uh, so Andy Summers is um, older than both. Of his band members. Not born in the 50s. <laughs> got it. Yeah, yeah. that's why that was a little bit uh, throwing both you off. I got it. Okay. Uh, so okay. So that's, uh, you know, Andy played with the animals in the late 60s. Uh, because of his age, he was actually touring with a classic rock band um, versus the other two that were still pretty young at that point. The next question is, you might have heard that the three members of the police dyed their hair blonde for a Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum commercial. What's interesting about this commercial? Number one, the commercial was banned by the BBC for being too punk. Number two, it was the most played commercial in the UK in 1978. Or number three, the commercial never aired and no one can remember ever seeing it. Well, I mean, it's just an absolute guess. Um, but I, I, my sense is that it might be um, uh, option C, that it was uh, probably never aired. I will, have to go, I will have to go with that as well. That's correct. Uh -huh. There actually is no footage of the video, of the commercial. And uh, there are some people that question whether it actually ever exists. Mm. <laughs> they they just use that as an excuse to dye their hair. <laughs> to dye their hair. So the next question has to do with Stuart Copeland and Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. In the 70s, when they first appeared on the top of the Pops, which is similar to our American bandstand in the United States, mm. the mm -hmm. first appearance that Sting ever made on top of the Pops is one of these three. So when he was first on top of the Pops, which one of these is true? As an astronaut for his performance of Walking on the Moon, as a gorilla during Clark Kent's performance, or as Sting, as himself, basically, performing Roxanne. His first appearance to talk the pop. Is which one? Yeah, playing Walking on the Moon, performing the with Clark Kent, or as uh, or playing Roxanne. This is a shot in the dark, and I think I'm going to have to go with the most ridiculous one. But uh, I'm going to say as a gorilla. Yeah, I I have a vague 
recollection of him actually appearing um, at some point um, with Clark Kent in a gorilla suit. I couldn't say that it was where it was or if it was his first appearance, but I'm going to guess that one as well. Yeah, and both of you are correct. Ah, so, okay. you know, Clark Kent had a minor hit song in the UK uh, before the police really broke open. And so they asked Clark Kent to perform, but obviously they were already the police. And so Stuart Copeland came up with them all wearing masks as kind of the Clark Kent yeah. persona. And uh, Sting was in the background. You can see the video on YouTube <laughs> with a gorilla mask. Andy Summers is wearing a uh, the Russian uh, Brezhnev mask. And then Kim Turner, who um, was, the, I think, their tour manager, was also playing guitar behind them. But anyway, it's Clark Kent was their first performance on top of the pops. Nice. All right, next question. So I think we're what? Uh, Rob's gotten them all so far, and then Joseph's got two. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> all right, next question. So when they were touring in the U.S. during the early years, one of the cities had a special contest before the concert. This was in Houston, Texas. So which one of these was an actual contest that was held just before the police concert? Number one, the Roxanne lookalike contest. Number two, who could say da-do-do-do, da-da-da-da the most times in a row? <laughs> or number three, who could hold their breath the longest throughout the song, Every Breath You Take? You said this was during their first tour of the U.S.? No, I, I, I said it was oh, okay. during one of their tours. Okay. And it, it was a radio, it was part of a radio contest? I don't know if it was actually the radio or the um, local promoter. Mm -hmm. But they had this concert, basically the people that were at the concert at the beginning, they had a contest and they had invited people to come to do one of these three things. Once again, just, just an absolute guess. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's not... Um, every breath you take because at that point they were they were kind of superstars and they were playing stadiums and that doesn't sound like something that would happen in a stadium so i'm gonna go with the do 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 da 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 because why not and i and i'm actually i'm gonna say the same thing actually you know what? They actually had a Roxanne look-alike ah, contest. What? <laughs> and they asked the police to um, judge the contestants. Wow. So, so basically, it's come dressed up as a hooker? Yes. <laughs> and there well, are pictures in the book of the contest. That is crazy. You know, I mean, maybe if she showed up without a red light. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say who won, <laughs> but the police were slightly embarrassed to be the judge. But I guess they played along at that point. <laughs> yeah. I Congratulations. Would you're the most hoary looking person here. You look just like a prostitute. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have the final question. The police toured early in their career with the Stranglers. Mm. Later. Another band that opened up for the police 
actually was named after a line of a Stranglers song. Who was that band? And your three choices are The Flock of Seagulls, Bow Wow Wow, or Oingo Boingo. Mm -hmm. So one of these three is actually named after a line of a song by the Stranglers. Yeah, I'm pretty darn sure it's not Oingo Boingo. So <laughs> um, the... You say you say the uh, the other options are flock of seagulls and bow wow wow. Correct. Boy oh boy. Uh, again, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark, and we're gonna say bow wow wow. It's flock of seagulls. Ah, okay. Joseph is right. Yeah, very good. I never put that together, but I do remember the line. Um, ah. So. And I'm pretty sure that they never said "bow wow wow." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> any of their songs. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many how many songs have that that is a lyric. <laughs> yeah, the lead singer of Flock of Seagulls was at a concert of the Stranglers, and claims that there was a divine light that shined on him at the moment. Uh, the lead singer of the Stranglers uh, said the line "Flock of Seagulls" in mm -hmm. the uh, I think "Toiler of the Sea" song. Ah, uh, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. Cool. Well, that was fun. That was a that was a refreshing uh, change of pace. And we're back. Well, um, that you're right. That quiz was a whole lot of fun. Having Tony on was a whole lot of fun. It was a a great time to talk to a guy who's very knowledgeable about a lot of music, and um and the police too. And and he is a guy who does crazy research. If he doesn't know yeah. it, he'll find out. Um, Rowan, Rowan, Tony, of course, as you've mentioned, has been like like a lifelong friend of mine. I, we we go way back, and Rowan has never met him. So, uh, I think the first time she's ever heard his voice is on this podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Rowan, you did come prepared with a full top ten list. Uh, we, of course, only really have time to focus on the top five as far as discreet conversations about the albums, but I'm sure everyone would love to hear your full top 10 list. So um, what do you, do you want to just start at number 10 and just run, run all the way up to number one? What's, what's sure. the full 10 for you? Okay. Uh, Lodger by David Bowie is 10. Number nine is the uh -huh. pretenders by the pretenders. Eight is candy. O by the cars. Seven is Unknown Pleasures by Joy Division. Mm -hmm. Six is Three Imaginary Boys by The Cure. Five is Live at the Witch Trials by The Fall. Four is Dirk Wears White Socks by Adam and the Ants. Three is London Calling by The Clash. Two is Fear of Music by Talking Heads. And one is B-52s by B-52s. Nice. Excellent. Well, um, I think our work here is done. Other than to um, remind everybody that you only have a couple of more days to submit your list. Yeah. Uh, please, it, it can be between 5 and 10. Please make sure that they are properly ordered so that it's clear what your number one is. Yeah, it, it's big that you rank them, that's for sure. To yeah. submit your list, you can go to Facebook and find the post. Um, and we believe i think it was it was put up on the 25th um and uh just in the comments you could 
you can put your list uh, or you can DM us directly in Facebook um, if you prefer to be a little bit more private about it that's fine with us or you can email your list to us and Rob will you remind everybody what that email address is yeah of course deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. You could send it there and uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled and make sure that Joseph doesn't delete them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's your job, Rob, to make sure that I don't delete our emails. When yeah, they I come failed in. at that last time. I'm sorry. <laughs> the next couple of weeks, of course, we are recording this um, two weeks ahead of time. So uh, Rob and I are, this is, these are my two favorite weeks of the season is yeah. is watching the lists come in and uh, everyone is every every list is a delight and a surprise to one degree or another um and so as i've mentioned before the last couple of seasons we've averaged about five percent of our audience submitting lists where let's let's try and do better this year um the more the merrier for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping our new friends in Sweden step up and uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> make that's, some submissions. That's absolutely right. Well, Rowan, you made it through your first guest episode on our podcast. Hopefully it's not the last one. I hope not, though you're eager for it to end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm I'm looking at the time and um you know <laughs> there's there's the reality of the time-space continuum that I have to factor in with these things. Before we go, there is one last thing that we have to touch base on. Uh, we got to uh, pour one out yet yeah. again. Rob? Yeah. Um, so Tom Verlaine of television passed away. As of the recording, today is when he passed away. So. Um, any rate, uh, and we don't really know what it was other than a brief illness. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it is a sad day in in punk and new wave music because because television and Tom Verlaine both pretty pretty influential and pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, what a drag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a, a a true pioneer uh, in the 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 punk and post punk uh, movement. Uh, Rob, you are a much bigger fan of television yeah. than I am, but I certainly have always appreciated um, his his talent, and he has influenced some yeah. some of my very favorite uh, bands. So so yeah, yeah, absolutely. We uh, definitely will need to go out on a song um, from television. And on that sad note, I guess we'll we'll end things. Thank thanks again, Rowan. It was it of was course. so good to to get a chance to catch up with you. It's been uh, many, many minutes since since yep. the last time we, we had a a conversation that was more than a couple of sentences in the background. So Yep. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course. This episode drops on 
Sunday, you've got until Wednesday to submit your list. Uh, so this is your last chance. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing it. Okay, everybody. Um, we will, well, guess what, Rob? Next What's... week, you and I will be revealing our top 10 lists. Oh, we're, no, we're I thought I was ready, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> I really am stressed out about it. Yeah. it. I've got it all scribbled down. It's going to change a hundred times. I know it yeah. is. So we will be back in a week for that. Um, excellent. This, this song that we're going to go out on is off of um, television's debut album called Marquee Moon. This is a song called Torn Curtain. Uh, we will talk to everybody in one week. See ya. Love